3: So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
4: This is
0: Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. Huge. Huge Wednesday program, um, all. Two guests today since we didn't have one yesterday. As always, his spot, uh, 30 minutes from now, Frank Schwab, senior NFL writer and betting analyst for Yahoo Sports. And then to close out the show, we're going to have the Bear, Chris Felica from ESPN College Dame Day on to talk about the college football playoff picture, all.
4: Yeah, can't wait to see what his takes are on this. Obviously, big college football guy. And, of course, Frank Schwab will get his uh, take on Green Bay Packers, are they now the team to beat in the NFC? It sure seems that way. Them and Dallas, obviously, both of them with the best record and, of course, the Arizona Cardinals. But you feel a lot more confident and comfortable, uh, at least from my perspective, on Green Bay over those two teams at this time.
5: You had a Skype interview for the Virginia Tech AD job this, yesterday afternoon?
4: Yeah, I turned it down. Uh, realized they just don't have enough money to fly me out after doling out an extra $1.25 million to uh, Justin Fuente. By the way, great job by them on that hire. And their bowl streak, what, 23 straight seasons last year? They're paying him
5: $625,000 per game to coach two more games, in essence.
4: They really are. You know what's so funny? In this town, they, you know the term 86, it's, for people don't, that don't know, the yeah. t- term came from eight miles out and six feet deep. <laughs> I'm surprised that nobody's uh, offered to put this guy 80, 86, this
5: guy from uh, Blacksburg, for this much money. All right, let's get into some NFLs. We'll be college football heavy in the back half of the program. We want to talk about some division races. Um Going into probably two weeks ago, we had surmised that the NFC West was a two-team race between the Cardinals and the Rams. As we stand now, Cardinals 8-2, and Rams 7-3, 49ers with the win over the Rams Monday night 4-5, and and Seahawks 3-6, and but they have Russell Wilson back. Amal, is it more than just a two-team race, or is it still going to be just Cardinals and Rams?
4: Uh, I think San Francisco is dangerous because, look, they got the Jaguars on tap. They got the Vikings at home, which now becomes a game huge you, game in the NFC. Absolutely, big game. And then you've got C, you're at Seattle, uh, at Bengals, uh, Falcons, and then at Tennessee, and they close out with the Texans and the Rams. I don't know if they can realistically win the division because they're three games behind the Cardinals at this point in time, with just eight remaining. So you're looking for a major slide. Remember Arizona only has seven games remaining, but I think when you look at the schedule with Jacksonville and Houston in there, those are two winnable games. Minnesota at home tough, but you can win that game. So. I don't see them do uh, winning the division 40 to one though if you want to take a shot at them uh, the thing interesting uh, thing to me is what do
5: Arizona and the Rams do do they win this division or do they back into it uh, 49ers plus uh, four and five plus 165 to make the playoffs Vikings four and five who has a better shot to make the playoffs at this point?
4: Between the 49ers and
5: in the, the Vikings In the Vikings. 49ers, Vikings. Obviously, both of them probably playing for a wild card.
4: Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I think when you look at the schedule, I'm going to give a slight edge to San Francisco based on last year's schedule strength, the, what they're playing this year, the two games I just mentioned. But also, they host Minnesota. So if you win that game, and if San Francisco plays like they did on Monday night, they're going to be able to beat anybody that comes to Santa Clara.
5: San Francisco done with the Cardinals. They already lost both of them. They still have two division games remaining, I, I believe. One against uh, one at the Rams and and against the Seahawks. Um, Minnesota Minnesota, uh, still has the Packers twice, one of them this week. Yeah. Uh, they still have the Bears, and they still have um, the Lions.
4: And the Rams as well.
5: Yeah, and the Rams as well. Um, it's, it's no easy task. I think head-to-head, uh, just evaluating the two teams, I think Minnesota's a slightly better team than the 49ers. I think they're more talented uh, when you look at it, especially on the offensive side of the ball. However, you point out very well that the schedule favors the 49ers and that head-to-head matchup in San Francisco. Do you think the 49ers can continue to be so run heavy as they were against the Rams on Monday night? Is this going to be their formula to win to rush the ball 70% of the time? I think it's been their
4: formula since Kyle Shanahan's gotten to the
5: Bay area. That's what's been successful for them. It keeps your defense off the
4: field. You know, there's some teams and it's eluding me right now who I'm trying to think of, but whether it be at the collegiate level or the professional level, there are teams that can dominate defensively, but the offenses are so inept at times, it puts so much pressure on your defense. And San Francisco's still got a very good defense. If they can uh, effectively just control the game the way they did that first drive against the Rams, I think they've got a great chance against a
5: lot of opponents. I would put Texas A&M in that category. That, you know what, that's the one i on They don't score it's enough exactly points. Right. Look at that's what happened in Oxford. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. the defense held up, but they're on the field the whole time in that game. They kept it close, but just not enough. There's just not, not enough of a passing game. They give up a pick
4: six. Um, Would they give up low twenties? I mean, if you give up low twenties against uh, Ole Miss, you picked the wrong
5: SEC to go under last week. (laughs) And I had Auburn, Mississippi State. That was done three possessions in, and the other game was it was a dead nuts under uh, in Oxford. How concerned are you about the Seahawks' offense, given the fact they got shut out? At Lambeau on on Sunday night.
4: You know, give Green Bay a lot of credit for what they did against the Seahawks in that one, but I feel like it's a bit of an aberration. I think they'll find themselves. DK Metcalf has gone into witness Mm -hmm. protection, maybe he's not as good as he thinks he is, or maybe the blue die got into the process, and he better realize he should start getting open because this team doesn't have much of a running game. It's going to rely on him making plays down the field if they can be successful. I
5: still need to see, once Russell Wilson has had another game under his belt, where they're at. All right, let's switch over to the AFC, and we'll start with the West. Chiefs uh, at one time the cellar dwellers in the West now are atop the division. They've played ten games. They're at six and four. Chargers and Raiders both five and four, and the Broncos five and five. Would you say this division is the one that's the most up for grabs, or would you say it's the AFC North?
4: A great question, and I would actually lean towards this division mm-hmm. because the Chiefs still lack consistency defensively. I know they played well the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks against the Raiders and against the um against the Packers, but you look at these teams right now, they're so bunched together, 6-4, and 5-4, and 5-4, and four, and then the Broncos at 5-5. Five and five. By the way, that loss by Denver to Philadelphia, not because they lost the football game. The way they were dominated, I don't think this team can be a legitimate contender in this division at all. I think the Broncos are exactly who we thought they were. Do you think the Raiders are still alive for a playoff berth? I think the Raiders can be. I'm a little bit concerned about them. You know, Derek Carr is one of these guys who puts up great stats when he plays one of those FCS opponents, and then when he's got to play an opponent from the SEC West, it's a problem.
5: Minus 110 on the Chiefs to win the division. You could have got them at about plus 185 a couple weeks ago, plus $2. Do you think this is still a good price on the Chiefs? Uh, I do, at minus 110. Yes. Because I'm concerned about
4: the Chargers from a psyche standpoint. You know, you Mm -hmm. go back to that Browns game. Ever since that point in time, their defense hasn't played particularly well. They've struggled in games. Uh, They've had several games at home you thought they would be able to come out of there with W's with, and they haven't done that.
5: Uh, Only concern, the Chiefs still playing the number one schedule, obviously, and and so they're out of division uh, schedule is harder than the rest. But I like the Chiefs right now at minus 110 because I like their matchups against the other three division teams.
4: You know, one thing I like about doing the show is that we get into a lot of future stuff that I may not normally pay attention to myself. And I'm starting to realize that if you just look at the NFL on a week-to-week basis, there's such an overreaction on division odds and futures there's some great opportunities. Why, why do you I, seem all depressed? I know
5: I'm, I'm looking because I have the Chargers minus 115 to make the playoffs. I think it might take them plus 160 to miss the playoffs at this point. I'm not confident in this team anymore.
4: Well, now in the AFC East, you got two teams. AFC North. I think
5: you definitely have two teams
4: come out of the East. Right In the North, the North you could have two four, or three. Well, yeah, you're not going to have four make it, but what I'm saying is you have four potential candidates, right? I'm Correct. looking at teams that Correct. actually have an opportunity. The Colts, are they good enough to get in? I don't know. Okay, so let's say you take them off the table. So two, fours, one, that's seven. And then, of course, three teams in the West, that's 10. I don't blame you on this particular spot, of plus 160.
5: I don't know that even if they finish second in the West, if they're getting in, I mean, what are they going to finish? They probably got to get what's going to be the seventh seed in the AFC? Nine and eight? You think nine yeah, and eight gets sounds you? In? About,
4: sounds about right. Nine and
5: eight with a tiebreaker? Yeah, New England right now. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know that tie. Look, the mm. tie was terrible
4: for me and Survivor. Yeah. But in football, people don't realize the tie is actually not a bad yeah. play. Because you don't have that extra loss in the column. You look at the Steelers right now sitting at five, three, and one, the number one wild card. Patriots at six and four, Bengals at five and four, Chargers, Raiders, Mike, the Colts are at five and five. They've got a shot here. Brownies at five and five. And then I think we have that drop off with uh Denver right there. So
5: let's look at the let's look at the AFC North and the odds to make the playoffs. Ravens lead the division at six and three. Steelers a half game back with the tie, five three-and-one. Bengals one game back at five and four, and the Browns a game and a half back at five and five. But to make the playoffs, to make the playoffs, them all, the Steelers are plus one seventy five, the Bengals plus one twenty, and the Browns plus one twenty five.
4: Yeah, I don't know about the Browns right now. I think Baker Mayfield is in the same boat as Matthew Stafford. There's a confidence concern moving forward. Like uh, Stafford has to get on track quickly, and the same thing for Baker Mayfield and the Browns if they're going to be successful. So I'm not necessarily ready to uh, jump all in on this team uh, at this point in time. Every team in the AFC North, you can point to a deficiency that they have. Steelers can't run the ball consistently. The Ravens can't throw the ball consistently. The
5: the Steelers, Big Ben is their deficiency as far as I'm concerned.
4: I would agree with you, but I'm actually...
5: We saw Mason Rudolph, and you appreciate Ben for what he gives them in terms of ability to stay close and win games, right? Like when they went to Cleveland and beat them 15-10. But... I mean, obviously, the offensive side of the ball is where the Steelers uh, come up short. You know, it's funny. ESPN
4: gives you this uh, kind of theory that the Patriots Mm -hmm. are the best-run organization in football. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, the Patriots have done well because they had a guy named Tom Brady. He covers up a lot of deficiencies. But when you look at the Steelers, they've always drafted fairly well on the defensive side of the ball. The one issue that I have with them is they did not take a quarterback. They've had some opportunities. I thought they should have taken a quarterback somewhere along the line, have them develop for a year, maybe two, sit behind Roethlisberger. And then instead of having Mason Rudolph as your backup quarterback or even Dwayne Hoskins or uh, Joshua Dobbs, who's on that roster, um, I mean, on the practice squad. But still, I would have liked to have seen them get somebody in there that could eventually play.
5: They're a great organization. They're the
4: best-run organization They're in football. Good. They've had three coaches since 1969. Are they the
5: best-run organization in sports?
4: Well, That's a fair question. <laughs> I'd put them up there. I, I have a few teams I would put as candidates. Even though the Spurs are struggling, I think San Antonio Spurs are absolutely second to none um they drafted guys who fit their culture and don't mind being in one of the smallest markets in sports uh then of course I, I put the st louis cardinals up there just simply based on the success they've had and the fact that it's a it's a major national brand in baseball but the other thing is i thought they made the best baseball decision i've seen in the last two decades not Pujols. re not re-signing albert what do you put the dodgers anywhere in there well, yeah, but I I think the Dodgers are fantastic in terms of drafting and developing players. They
5: also have in baseball the market size is important when you look at success. I mean, the Dodgers could be lose 162 games; they're going to draw three million. Yeah, I mean, they've done well to win how many division titles and be yeah. there and be in the World Series, in be in play. I mean, yeah. it, it, that's an impressive thing as well. Something that the Patriots did. Real quick thoughts on MVP race right now in the NFL: Josh Allen's your favorite at plus two fifty. Tom Brady plus three fifty. Your guy, Matt Stafford, 8-1, Dak 8-1, Rodgers 10-1, Kyler 16-1, yeah. Mahomes 16-1. I think to
4: 1. you have a misprint there. Uh, Matthew Stafford, is 80-1. 800-1. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. It shouldn't be a pl- right. plus sign. exactly. It be a plus sign. Listen, I'll tell you right now, for the NFL MVP, I don't even know who won it the previous year. I mean, it's not like the NBA or MLB where we remember the names. All right.
5: When we come back, we're going to get into college football, including Wednesday night Maction.
1: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
3: Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels.
4: This is Odds On with Mike Palm
0: and Amal Shaw on VSIN the Sports Betting Network.
5: Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint wintergreen, and Amal's personal favorite, citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N slash F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine, nicotine, is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. Let's talk some college football last night. Did you get in? Did you bet any of those MAC games you talked about last night? Yeah,
4: Eastern Michigan. Then I took a BG, uh, I'm sorry, not BG, Miami in the first half there. Uh, you know what? I, I thought it was kind of fortunate because Miami got off to a slow start and then they hit a big play for a touchdown. And then they get a late score at the end of the first half to get the cover there. But I, I still thought that Eastern Michigan should have been favored in that game at home against Western. I didn't get that. You said
5: that. And the line was five and a half. Yeah. Okay, they went straight up. Let's get into the MAC tonight. Central Michigan go fire up chips. They go to Ball State. They are a two and a half point road favorite with a total of fifty-seven. Central Michigan six and four, five and five against the spread. Ball State five and five straight up, three and seven against the spread so far. I thought this was the tougher of the two games.
4: Uh, I, I lean towards the Chippewas here against Ball State and Muncie, but I don't want to play this game. Uh, the one thing for me is with Central Michigan, it comes down to Pimpleton. If you can slow him down, then I think you got a great chance to win the game. you got to avoid him on punt returns. Terrific, uh, dynamic returner and receiver. On the flip side here, I look at this Ball State team, been highly inconsistent in terms of moving the ball at times. Uh, that's the one area I have a little bit of concern in this particular matchup. Uh, and the other thing is, Plitt doesn't throw the ball particularly
5: well. That That's the other concern I have. So
4: I'm going to stay away from this game. All oh, right. I,
5: if you feel like you're telegraphing a play on the other game, which is Northern <laughs> Illinois traveling to Buffalo, Northern Illinois laying one and a half on the road, a total of 60. Great matchup here between Jerry Kiln and Turner Gill. Northern Illinois, 7-3 and three straight up, 6-3-1 and one against the spread. Buffalo just 4-6, 3-6-1 six, six against the spread. Yeah, remind me
4: never to play poker with you. That was a good read by you. Yeah, I like NIU in this one. Going on the road, UB has not been the same football team. Lance Leopold now we know is at Kansas, gets a great road win at Texas. But this Bulls team is just not as good offensively. When you look at them outside of the game against Akron and Bowling Green, they have not really had much success. Those are two of the bottom dwellers in the MAC. They played a little bit better this year, but I think Rocky Lombardi and company go on the road. They get the W here in this game. I like this as a short number. I thought, Mike, this line should have been three and a half. I like NIU here laying a point and a half.
5: Did Leopold
4: do anything at Kansas? Well, I'm not going to say no because remember, Mark Mangino, uh, Mark Mangino went in there and he had a successful run. They went to the Orange Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's going to be tough. However, with Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12, the door is open. I thought Matt Campbell had an opportunity this year to really bounce back uh, when you look at. Oklahoma State, they're probably a team that's got to be the main contender in the Big 12. But my question is with Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12, does the Big 12, like they almost become like the American Conference in college football? And does the SEC all of a sudden now get two teams in there? I, I just, the way this thing is
5: structured, I think it's just bad for college football. There's many that think that within five years, there'll just be four super conferences of 16 teams and that will be it.
4: I think, it, what are the super conferences? I think it's over. The fact that the SEC has. The overrated Texas team, but they have AM in there who's recruiting extremely well. You have Oklahoma who's going to be good. They're consistently good. You've got, obviously, Alabama. You know what's going to be interesting to see with Alabama, just like it's going to be interesting to see with Duke? I know John Shire's recruited some good uh, players for next year. Can they sustain that success after Coach K leaves? Can Alabama st- sustain the success after Nick Saban leaves? Because a lot of it is based on the coach. So I, I don't know the super conferencing. I think it's just the SEC and the SEC.
5: All right, let's uh, flip to the NBA, full slate of NBA matchups tonight. Let's take a look at some of the the bigger games here. Uh, Boston Celtics go to Atlanta to take on the Hawks. Hawks laying four and a half at home with a total of 216 them all.
4: Yeah, a couple of concerns in this matchup from both sides. One with the Celtics, Jalen Brown out for Boston. That's obviously a problem for the C's. On the flip side, uh, Kevin Herter is going to be a game time decision in this one. So I would take a look at that before you get involved in this particular matchup here. I just think he gives them good shooting on the perimeter at times when he's in the game. Um, But overall, I like Atlanta here. They were on a six game losing streak to beat Milwaukee. Now they've got an opportunity against a Boston team that at times that struggles to score the basketball. Uh, So I, I like to see, excuse me, the Hawks here in this game,
5: which of these teams will make more noise in the Eastern conference playoffs this year. Great question. Um,
4: Oh boy, I, I will go with Atlanta, and that's like I'm talking 51 49. I I don't know. It's just a gut feel based on what they did last year. No real,
5: no reason to substantiate that argument, though. Okay, the Los Angeles Lakers, the second betting favorite to win the NBA title, go to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks. Bucks Lane nine, a total of 222. Them all. Yeah, no LeBron James still in this lineup, obviously. Uh, Milwaukee
4: also still kind of getting back healthy. Brooke Lopez still out. That's a problem. When you look at this team, uh, George Hill going to be a game-time decision, and uh, Middleton also going to be a game-time decision in this one. I like uh, the Lakers catching nine here, uh, but I think Milwaukee wins this basketball game. Lakers have some problems right now, but nine's a big number, and I think it's the kind of game
5: that L.A. gets up for. Did you play it? I did not play it yet. I Would probably play it? Yeah, I I would lean towards playing the Lakers, yeah. Okay. The Dallas Mavericks go to Phoenix to take on the Suns. Total of two sixteen and a half here, with a number right around uh, eight and a half. I'm all eight and a half now. Suns laying it at home. Mavs are in trouble. No Luka tonight.
4: Uh, ankle situation. He's going to be out. So that's a big blow for this team. I, I'm actually surprised this number is as low as it is at this point in time. I, I think Phoenix should be able to run away and hide. Uh, Dallas is a better team, despite you know Luca being the main catalyst on this team, than I anticipate coming into the season. But I think without him against the Phoenix team that should be able to do well here. Uh, Suns win this game.
5: They also gave the Clippers all that they wanted in the playoffs last year. Are they going to be that relevant again this year?
4: I don't know. When you look at the West, Utah, you look, the Golden State Warriors, we talked about it yesterday, 8-1. to one. They go on the road to Brooklyn, dominate mm-hmm. the second half against the Nets.
5: They're a very uh, good third-quarter team.
4: They really are. Yeah. They really are. You know, you point back to a game. They were down, I think, 65-61 uh, or so, something like that, against the Hawks at the break. Outscored them by 18 in the third quarter. I think there's three teams in the West that I like. Utah, Denver, and Golden State. Golden State, with the pedigree, the experience, just a better team. I think Phoenix is probably a four-team. Dallas is somewhere in that five-to-eight five to, five to eight range. I don't think they make the same noise
5: they did last year. So neither of the L.A. teams are going to be No, bad. no, no. I,
4: I, I caught myself after okay, I said yeah. the, Cl- the Clippers, Clippers are going to be yeah. a contender. Absolutely. You know what? The Lakers are going to be interesting. Let's see how healthy LeBron is. Remember, the Clippers are doing this now without Kawhi Leonard. This is actually not bad because that way fans who pay money to go see him play in another market don't have to get disappointed by him sitting out. Now we know he's just sitting out. At least he'll be rested by the time March rolls around.
5: Uh, Final game we're going to look at in the NBA tonight. The Baby Bulls go to Portland to take on the Trailblazers. Trailblazers, only a a one-and-a-half point home favorite here, 220-and-a-half total them all. Well, I think the big factor in this
4: matchup is Dame's a game-time decision also in this one, so that's a big problem here. Norman Powell as well, but this Bulls team dominated, and I mean dominated the Lakers. They look good. DeRozan was explosive in their last game. He was outstanding for the Bulls. Um, I, I can't bet this game, and no dame, I take Chicago here.
5: I, I, but what I, will the number be? If he gets confirmed, does this number go up to three? I don't I don't know if it will go up to high. I think a lot of people respect the Bulls. This is a good Bulls team. They're dangerous. Okay, uh, let's switch over to the NHL. Carolina took care of business last night here in Las Vegas. They got a 2-0 lead after one. Knights scored two goals early in the second period uh, to tie the game up, and then the final 4-2 as uh, as uh, <clears throat> as the as the Hurricanes scored early and then middle of the third period and didn't give up any goals. I took under 7.5 when the Knights tied it 2-2 about six minutes into the second period and never really had to sweat the game. Unless the Knights would have gotten a goal to get to 4-3, I, I thought it was a good play. Here, the good thing for Carolina here. Anti Ranta played in that too. Yeah. You get, they got uh, ex- extra rest for Frederick Anderson. Avalanche uh, at the Canucks tonight. Avalanche, 165 on the road. Total of six shaded to the under here. Amal. I think it's been a, a very inauspicious start for the Avalanche so far. They still bet like they're going to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> they haven't played that well.
4: Yeah. You know, if you include the overtime losses, which to me is an important part of it, all right, they're six up and six down so far. This Vancouver team has been solid at times. Uh, in terms of competing but they're not still getting w's right they're still 5-9 yeah. and 2 they've struggled uh, I, I get this price no mckinnon still he's going to be out for about a month for the avalanche i don't like this game no play here
5: kemper been disappointing so far
4: uh, yes i, I thought he would be so. a, i thought he'd be a little bit better look you look at his goals against mm-hmm. it's been fine yeah But I thought
5: Darcy Kemper would really give them a lift. Blackhawks started out terrible. They've won three in a row. They're on the road in Seattle tonight against the Kraken. Kraken laying 150 here. Is this this number right, Amal? I thought this was a little bit heavy. Total five and a half shaded over. Too high of a price for me with the Kraken, but I think they win this game. Do you? Uh, Yeah. I'm thinking about taking a shot with the Blackhawks plus
4: 130. I like the way the Kraken play. They're solid defensively. The consistency uh, is not there, though,
5: from an offensive standpoint at times. I have no plays tonight. You have two, Amal.
4: Yeah. uh, College football. Uh, Northern Illinois uh, is one that I like. And then the Arkansas-Northern uh, Iowa game, under 141.5. Where's I, this game being played? This, played is, this one is at Bud Walton. I have okay. two plays in this game. I didn't include this one. Uh, Arkansas as well, minus 12.5, Mike. It's rare that I like a side laying yeah. points and in the under. under. Northern Iowa can't score the basketball. They're, they're in trouble. I think when you look at Notte, uh likes in this backcourt, they should be able to really flourish in this matchup here. I like Arkansas to cover the 12.5, and I like the under as well. Is BYU for real? They stomped Oregon last night. It wasn't even close. I, I, You know what was great? I didn't have to watch the second half of that game. I knew I had a dead loser.
5: Yeah. yeah. You did get a sweat out of Michigan. A oh, big win for Seton Hall. Huge win. Early in the season. All right, when we come back, it's Wednesdays with Schwabie.
0: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: The VCN Black Friday offer is here right now. When you sign up for our ninety-nine dollar midseason football special, you'll also receive a twenty-dollar credit to the VCN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus plus twenty dollars to buy VCN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, this is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at vison.com slash subscribe. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Pump. He's a mall Shaw. It's 1130 Pacific on a Wednesday morning. That means we're going to welcome in Frank Schwab. Frank is the senior NFL writer and betting analyst for Yahoo Sports. Good afternoon, Frank, there in Denver. What's going on, fellas? How are you doing? How are you guys doing? Let's talk Packers-Vikings off the top here Big win for the Vikings last week. Might have saved their season at SoFi. Now they turn around and they host the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is back. They shut out the Seahawks. Packers laying two and a half on the road. Total of 49. Let me give you a stat here and see if this impacts your handicapping. Sean Hockley will be the head referee for this game. Sean Hockley. Road teams, eight and one this year with Sean Hockley's wow. crew. 18 and six over the last two years. Does that at all factor into your handicap, Frank? Mm.
7: No, but if there was like an over under prep on how long the game would last like the national anthem at Super Bowls, i'd take the over because every hot hockey league is just like his dad and, and god bless him too where it can't just call something right you got to give a 40 minute explanation of why you're calling holding on the play it's it's uncanny um i'll say this i i think look here's where i think there is a divide between your casual fan and your betters i think betters know that the vikings are pretty good i don't think a casual fan thinks the vikings are any and when I think the casual person is going to see this line and say Packers are the Packers of Aaron Rodgers and, and this team that's covered every single spread since week one, they're only having to give two points. And I, I'm totally with the Vikings here. I think the Vikings win this game. I think they're a very good team with a bad record and, and that maybe not very good, but they're better than a record. Let's say that they've, they're the quintessential. And I know this is trite and cliche, but you, they could legitimately be nine and zero. I mean they they every game they've lost has been razor thin edge. They've just you know the, the coin is flipped on the wrong side. And I get it. Kirk and Mike Zimmer aren't exactly the guys you want in a at the end of a game to make the right decisions, but I think this team overall is pretty good. think like they're healthy. The Packers are very good too, but against the spread streaks don't last forever either. The Packers have covered every spread since week one. I'm on the Vikings here. I, I think they're 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 gonna start to make their playoff push now, and I do think they're gonna be a playoff.
4: To Frank's point, Vikings have lost five games by a combined 18 points. I, I thought the
7: only Unbelievable. game. Unbelievable. Yeah. And every game you look at, and it's not just that, I, I agree, point differential too, but if you look at each individual game, there's not one game where they couldn't have won in the last two minutes. They just have come up short time and again, and I, I think that that's more of a bad luck thing than skill.
4: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. They've been in a lot of games. I want to go big picture in the NFC right now. We were talking about this a little bit earlier. The Packers are in great position now, sitting with two losses. Dallas there as well in Arizona. I don't believe in Arizona long term. I want to get your opinion on how you see Arizona. And then are the Cowboys at this point in time, including Tampa and uh, the Rams, the biggest threat to the Packers for home field advantage?
7: Probably. I, I think the Cowboys, I, I'm not sure of the schedule at the moment. I haven't looked this week, but I think the Cowboys do have the weakest schedule among those. Or at least maybe I'm just projecting that because they're going to play all these NFC East teams, which I have no faith in anybody else other than Dallas. But I think that, look, the Cardinals. I don't think there's any reason to doubt them. on the, I, I really don't. I think they're a good football team when they're somewhat healthy. You know, I mean, even last week, they were 10-point favorites without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and Chase Edmonds. Uh, they, they laid an egg, of course, but I think, that, I think that the Cardinals are a good football team. They just play in a really, really tough division. But who do you trust in that division to knock them off? I mean, the Rams look terrible on Monday night, so I, I just, I don't know. I, I just think, I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to end up winning that division just because I think they're the most trustworthy team of that group. But as far as number one seed goes, I, I think the Cowboys are going to end up getting it. I really do. Wow. Look, th- whatever happened with the Broncos game, I don't know. Th- that was awful. But it was just an anomaly. Every other game, the Cowboys have looked pretty good. They, you know, they blew out the Falcons last week, up thirty-six-three at the half. I think they're they're balanced enough. A great offense, good enough defense. I think they got a lot of easy wins coming up, and I, I think they end up getting that number one seed. Now I don't know if they're going to Super Bowl necessarily. They, they're not unbeatable by any means, but I think at the end of the day, they're going to end up getting that one.
4: Seed. Mike, I think Frank makes an excellent point in terms of that Cowboys-Denver game being an aberration. Look, if we're the NBA or the NHL and you get killed in a game, we wouldn't even think twice about it because there's right. so many games. Yeah. And it's I think it was just one of those spots where they just played poorly, but I think it kind of refocuses them.
5: All right, let's uh, flip to college football, Frank. Your Badgers are hosting Nebraska this week, and they took care of business against Northwestern. If they hold serve here and can go and win in Minneapolis, they're going to be the representatives of the Big Ten West by virtue of the fact that they beat Iowa straight up if they both end with, with two losses. This Badger team was ranked sixth preseason. A couple of very disappointing losses to Penn State and to Notre Dame as well. But they've played very well since the Notre Dame game. They're favored by nine at home against Nebraska, uh, a total of 42. Do you like the Badgers this weekend?
7: I think I do. I think I've just, you know, early in the season, I was down on this team, and honestly, I cashed a couple of tickets against my alma mater. I, I did basketball-wise, too, on Monday night. Um, the, But I, I think what happened here, here's what I think happened. Everybody got caught up in the Graham Mertz thing, because Wisconsin's never had a highly re- recruited quarterback. It just never has happened. They had Russell Wilson fall in their laps as a transfer, but not like this, where a, a legitimate big-time recruit, which Graham Mertz was, came to Wisconsin. He had a great game against Illinois. And I think even the coaches got caught up in, wow, we got a real quarterback. We could do some things. We could become a more balanced offense. And we saw in September, that's just not how it was going to work. And I think they refocused and said, what do we do as Wisconsin football? That's right. We run the ball. We play great defense. And we don't let our quarterback really screw up the game. they will make a couple plays. And I think that that formula that they got back to is working great. I think that they're really they're they're a lot more confident than they were in September, and they're not letting your quarterback throw them out of games. Graham Burts ain't the ain't the guy we thought he was going to be. Maybe he will become that guy. He's still got some time left, but he's definitely not this like all Big Ten type quarterback. He's he's a guy who you hope to not make mistakes, and he can throw you know 15 passes a game if if you're playing the right way, get the right game script. And I think that formula is working for Wisconsin, and Nebraska really doesn't worry me in any way like i say that you can probably play that back on saturday night when they lose straight up to nebraska or something but i think that the badgers cover here i think they're really on a roll because they've figured out hey this is our identity has been our identity for 35 years now let's get back to that let's play that
4: you know to your guys point about this wisconsin defense georgia is 36 yards per game better than oklahoma state Wisconsin is 31 yards per game better than Georgia. Think about that for a second. We're talking about this Georgia defense as an all-time defense, comparing them to 2011 uh, Alabama, 92 Alabama. And this Wisconsin defense, particularly the run defense, has been unbelievable. Does this defense, which I expect this team to get to the Big 12, uh, uh, Ten championship game, are they good enough to slow down a potential offense like Ohio State? If they play uh, Michigan, I don't think they're going to have any problem against this Wolverines defense. Uh, Wolverines offense in a rematch. They're a different team in a revenge game. Stop rolling your eyes at me, Mikey. Let me tell you right now, if big, big Blue plays again in a rematch, they're going down.
7: I, I can see it. I don't know about Ohio State. They could ugly up the game <laughs> and keep it close. And if that's a 21 point spread or something, I'll probably be out Wisconsin. But look, I, this was become the Jim Leonard segment every week. But I'm telling you, this is the. I, I, look, I'm a homer. So whatever. Jim Leonard is the best assistant coach in college football. He is. And I, 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 I'm thankful every day he hasn't taken a head coaching job somewhere else.
4: By the way, in the future, when you introduce him, make sure you say Yahoo Sports writer and Jim Leonard's agent.
5: Jim Le- no, but Jim, Le- Jim Leonard <laughs> I should really get does. that 5%,
7: right? <laughs> yes, so
5: exactly. Jim Leonard doesn't even need an agent. Um, my partner, Frank Amal, says that draw a line through the Lakers. The Lakers are not winning an NBA championship. They're not winning the Western Division. They're not going to be a factor in the playoffs. Do you agree with him?
7: Yeah, actually, I do. I, I just... Look, Russell Westbrook doesn't – Russell Westbrook is a great player. I like Russell Westbrook a lot. I'm not a hater of him. He does not fit with what they want to do. Even when, you know, you could say, like, oh, LeBron's going to get help. Yeah, he sure is. He's also 36 and wearing down. These guys don't fit together on the floor at the same time. They both need the ball. They're not off-the-ball players. It never made sense. It was just kind of this fantasy basketball type of we're just going to add good players and figure it out later. I don't think they're going to figure it out. I think you'll get a team like the Golden State Warriors or the Utah Jazz even teams that aren't as there's not many stars let's put it that way but the pieces fit a whole heck of a and i think that you get in a playoff series and i get it the utah Jazz in the playoffs is a great bet but you get in a playoff series against utah against golden state even against phoenix who's won nine in a row and i just think their pieces fit better than the lakers not to mention keeping all these old guys healthy like are they really gonna be healthy in april may i don't i don't know that they will be so i agree i, I think the, the lakers odds right now are they're they're still way way low and I just you're burning money if you if you bet on the Lakers win the NBA title right
4: Frank we got about 45 seconds in the Eastern Conference outside of Brooklyn and your Milwaukee Bucks are the Chicago Bulls a legitimate threat to these mm. two teams in the postseason
7: in a seven game series I mean the Bucks are six and eight who are they threatening right now I mean they're they're not a very good team <laughs> but I I kind of put it I think Miami's the best team in the East I really do I think that. Look, if, if the Nets can get Kyrie back and get get everything figured out, they'll you know they'll be a threat. I mean, they're, they're they gonna have great talent. Durant's amazing, and the Bulls are right there though. The Bulls are a fun team. I think they might they might be a year away. If you're asking me, you know, you look at that board. The Bulls great value. That that's easily the best value on that board. But I do think the Heat are the best team in the East. I think they're going to be going to the NBA Finals.
5: Thanks, Frank, for the t- I'll say it right, Frank. Thanks for the time again. We'll talk to you next Wednesday, and we look forward to seeing you out here in Vegas in a couple weeks. Absolutely, can't wait for that. See you guys. Thank you. All right, when we come back, the Bear, Chris Felica from College Game Day.
3: Play.
4: This is Odds On with Mike Palm
0: and Amal Shaw on VSN the Sports Betting Network.
4: Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same-game parlays and all pro football matchups. They're bringing back their reduced the juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they have a $1 million beat-the-spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, Indiana 1-800-9. With it, Colorado 105. 105- Two two Michigan one Virginia one and I will call 100 bets off.
5: Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw, and at this time, it's our pleasure to have Chris Felica, the star of game day on ESPN, join the program. How you doing, Bear?
2: I- I'm, I'm doing well. Looking forward to uh, getting out to Columbus this weekend. Big, big noon game and uh, shows that I-, I love I love when the show and the game are at the same site. We don't got to travel anywhere in between. I'll actually be home on a... Saturday night as well, so it should be a uh, fun weekend.
5: Bear, let's start with this, and then we're going to be heavy on on the playoff, obviously. That's fine. Does either Georgia or Alabama need to win the SEC championship game to make the playoff?
2: I think Alabama needs to win the SEC championship game to get in because uh, I just, I just, I'm just basing it on history, and I year, I understand every year is not the same but Georgia was a two loss team in 2018. That was one of the best, four best teams in the country. They didn't get in Penn state was a two loss team in 2016. That was one of the four best teams in the country and they didn't get in. Uh, the, the committee has just not put two loss teams in now. Look, it may work out where they have to put a two loss team in, but, but I think just the, the matter that Alabama's loss would be in the title game, they wouldn't have been a conference champion. Their best win would be Ole miss. Like, I think of the two-loss possibilities, I, I think a non-SEC champion Alabama as a two-loss team would be like the, the lowest team on the totem pole in order of getting in the playoff. Bear, is
5: Oregon the worst team that the committee has ranked in the top four since these, this committee was formed in 2015?
2: No, no. I, I, think the, um, I think the Texas A&M team that was in the top four that wind up losing that week to Mississippi State uh, they, that I think they finished six and six. They were they probably own that ranking. Um, the Michigan State team that made the playoff in 2015 that had that fluke win over Ohio State in the rain with Tyler O'Connor, they were not power rated very high at all. I think Oregon's probably power rated a little bit higher than they were uh, that wanted to make the playoff. They're getting blown out by Alabama. They probably rank up there too. Look, it, it's funny because I get it with Oregon. Like, people just expect them to lose every week. But at the same time, they did win the game. And I know people want to talk about the loss to Stanford, but it's not the same Stanford team now that beat Oregon in Palo Alto. there was a controversial finish. Yes, Oregon absolutely should have won the game. But also, they also had a, their offensive coordinator, Joe Moorhead, was in the hospital after undergoing emergency surgery. They dominated the game. Bad officiating call. Uh, I think Oregon, while they're not top four power rating uh Quality, I don't think they're nearly as bad as a lot of people think. And I actually like them a whole lot this week to go to Utah and win.
5: If you were Bear, if you were the media member on the college football committee instead of Professor Boyvin from Arizona <laughs> State, would you have Oregon ahead of Cincinnati right now? Yes, I would. Why? They Cincinnati what? has a has a win at a top ten team in Notre Dame, and they don't have an awful
2: loss like that Stanford. Because Oregon's win at Ohio State is the second best win uh, in the country this year, behind the Texas A&M win over Alabama. Uh, Cincinnati, you got to look at a lot of the metrics. Look at the straight. The Cincinnati straight schedule is 102. Cincinnati is screwed around with four teams the last month of the season that have won a combined eight games. The Stanford team that we just said, the Stanford team that's out there right now that hasn't had Tanner McKee for the last month is a completely different team than the one that Oregon played early in the year when McKee played and Moorhead was in the hospital. Oregon's defense is a lot better than, than people want to give it credit for. It's a very physical team uh, on both sides of the ball. And, 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 but you can – I don't know. You watch Cincinnati and you think that's a good team, a great team?
5: I, watch I, Cincinnati. I would tell you that Cincinnati would be favored over Oregon on a neutral field, that's for sure. Oregon, you talk about the bad call at the end of the Stanford game. How about all the calls they got against Cal? How about all the calls they get against Cal? They have a common opponent with Michigan, Washington. They Michigan boat raced Washington. Oregon was life and death w- w- with Washington into the fourth quarter in that game. This Oregon team stinks. The committee made this Utah team ranked in the top twenty-five, so they can say, "Oh, they beat a ranked team." The Pac-12 stinks.
2: Well, I, I would agree that they, they, you look at the Pac-12. Well, they're the only one-loss team uh, that that is in there, and, and I don't think it's a, but look. This is not a normal year. Uh, the committee, they, they may have no choice but to take Oregon and Cincinnati. I think that's ultimately how it's going to wind up playing out here. I think Oregon's going to beat Utah twice, and I think i think Alabama's going to lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game, and, and I think we're going to wind up with Alabama, with Georgia, uh, Ohio State, Oregon, and Cincinnati. Look, it, it's the thing that we battle with every year, and Kirk and I were talking about this uh, in terms of why people have Michigan ranked ahead of Michigan State and why People want to make the argument that Ohio State should be ranked ahead of Oregon. We we go through this almost every year, like the best versus most deserving type thing. I think most people agree that if Ohio State played Oregon 10 times, they probably win nine of them, but the one that they just happened to play this year was one in Columbus, and Oregon didn't have its best player, and they won. So you kind of have to rank them ahead right now, but if Ohio State beats michigan state and they beat michigan they beat wisconsin in the big 10 championship game i do think you'll wind up seeing it flip and that's the same thing with michigan michigan state I, I think i look i get why michigan state fans are upset but you still control your destiny if you pull the upset you're going to go right over them and you look at the box score of that game it was a, th- a 16 point lead for michigan the big 10 admitted officiating mistakes. mistakes I, I think a lot of people agree that if they play Five or six or seven times. Michigan probably wins 85, 90% of the time, but they didn't. Um, so I, I do get what people would want to rank Michigan State ahead, but I, I do think, look, I do think Michigan and, and Ohio State are better than Michigan State and, and Oregon, but if the games, it, it, look, I always made this argument too in terms of the non-conference games, like only the win mattered. Like if you played somebody and lost, it didn't do you any good. You had to the only the win mattered. So if the, if the just playing it didn't matter, and now the win doesn't matter, then why are we going to play these big non-conference games earlier in the year to begin with? I completely,
4: completely agree with you on that perspective. I actually think the Oregon win is the best win of the season because they went on the road. They did it without Thibodeau, who to me is
5: an absolute elite talent. Well, you, one, 2 A and M or Oregon? How about Cincinnati's win at Notre Dame? Is that not third? No, it's it's right they, up there. It's I actually put...
2: third. Yeah, they, they were. It's, it's interesting. They were actually favored in the game, mm-hmm. w- w- which is pretty. Uh, I- incredible that people well, people I think may forget that that they were expected to win that game and but, they did but
4: Notre Dame's gonna end up 11-1 I mm-hmm. actually have the Cincinnati win as the second best win of the year on the road at, to me the winning on the road in places like South Bend and Columbus mm-hmm. is so much greater than AM winning at home in Kyle Kyle Field with 100,000 people I'm not taking anything away from their victory but when you go on the road and do this can AM go on the road and win without DeMarvin Leal can they do that I don't think they can do that. And and so my point being is, we saw them. They go into Oxford. They lay an egg. What Oregon did I'm, is unbelievable. I'm not. I'm with you. I can't take anything away from the Ducks. The Ducks run on the table. I don't think they're winning at Rice-Eccles this weekend, though. This is where <laughs> Kyle Whittingham has made his living. He wins these big games when you come to Salt Lake City. Arizona State left their season on the field in that locker room in the second half in Salt Lake. And to me, I think Utah is going to win this game, and I think the Pac-12 is in trouble. My question is, though, if Cincinnati loses a game, does Notre Dame sneak in at eleven and one?
2: I can't see that. I, I think that the Fed, what well, you, you and Mike were just mentioning about, I think Notre Dame needs Cincinnati to win out in order to get into the playoff. I don't think if they both finish a uh, level, well, Cincinnati would be twelve and one with the, a conference title. Uh, I don't think Notre Dame can go ahead of Cincinnati. So I, I think they need Cincinnati in. I, I think they need to root for Georgia to win the SEC, and I think they need to root for Oregon to pick up to pick up that second loss. Funny you mentioned the. Uh, Y'all, the Ole Miss AM and M last week, that game last week. I'm so mad at myself for for not remembering and not going, remembering that A M's only true road game was that game at Missouri, and it showed last week. They they had all sorts of problems down there uh, on the offensive line and, and that atmosphere. So I'm, I'm really mad at myself that I did not uh get there with Ole Miss last week. Who's your Heisman Trophy winner this year, Bear? right now, if I don't have a vote, so full disclosure, Mm -hmm. uh, if I had to vote for one person right now this week, it would be Kenneth Walker III. I I think he has been more important to anybody uh, on his team than anyone in the country. But the way I think the season is going to play out, uh, I think this is probably the week to play C.J. Stroud. While I think Stroud is probably the fourth best player on that offense behind the two wide receivers and Trevion Henderson, I think Ohio State will beat Michigan State ultimately win the big 10 i think georgia will beat alabama and the way a lot of voters just in process of elimination oh, they have two losses he can't win they didn't win a conference title they can't win i think by kind of like process of elimination Brown might be the uh the heisman favorite by uh, by championship saturday
4: we got about a second who's the better one olave or gsn or jsn
5: uh
2: olave close though what closer than people
5: think. Bear, thanks for the time. We love you despite your terrible take on Oregon. Stay tuned to Visa <laughs> and Betting Across America is next.
1: If you dare.
3: mo play